Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day and also on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. And check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube where we stream the show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Today is Thursday, September 19th, and we've got a great show lined up. Lots of football and a little baseball on the docket today. Starting off with college football and NFL sharp betting report uh, with handicapper Joe Duffy. Bet smarter. We're talking sharp versus square plays, what to look for in terms of line movement, and public consensus following the sharp money. Uh, lots of good stuff from Joe. If you want some analytic, analytic, I guess that's the word you would use, <laughs> uh, tips on how to bet. And then in our second segment, we've got Chip Jeremis joining us in studio to talk a little baseball and also a couple of NFL football games, including that Thursday night matchup, which is tonight, Titans at Jaguars. Titans are favored by two in that one. And as a Titans fan, you know what? I'm hoping the Titans can do more of the same uh, as the last time they faced the Jaguars. Derrick Henry ran for four touchdowns, over 200 yards rushing, and remember that big 99-yard touchdown run. Really fun to watch. Uh, if you're a Titans fan, I suppose. Uh, and then finally, wrapping up today with college football rapid fire picks. I think it's six or seven games. We're going to just roll through and give you picks leading into the weekend because there's a lot of games always in college football. But we're going to cover some of the top 25 matchups and some of the more interesting uh, matchups of the weekend. Of course, tonight we've got Thursday Night Football, Titans-Jags, and then also one college game on the docket, Houston at Tulane, uh, where Tulane is favored by five points total, sitting at 57.5. If you're looking to bet that one, you probably need to get your bets in sometime this afternoon. Uh, I don't think the line will move too much more. Uh, but, yeah, so much to talk about when, it talks, uh, when we talk about the NFL. Jalen Ramsey apparently wants to be traded but he's supposed to be playing tonight, so we'll see the effort level from him and some of his teammates. I kind of wish he was a receiver or running back, just so uh, it would be funny to see if his offensive line would block for him or if the quarterback would throw to him because they know they don't want to be, that he doesn't want to be on that team. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with Sharp Line Reports. And welcome back to Fix and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up on all of those social media platforms. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. Right now, we've got Joe Duffy joining us. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? How you doing, Chelsea? Yes, advanced analytics is the term I like to use. You were, you were asking at the top, uh, you know, what I call myself. Advanced analytics is a term I like to use. I always want to say sabermetrics just because I'm so used to hearing that term with baseball that I always want to say that and I know it's wrong and then I can't think of the right term. All right, so advanced no, it is. It is. <laughs> analytics. All right, so we're calling this uh, betting smarter. Uh, this segment's on college football, uh, taking the public consensus, taking the sharp money versus the square money, and combining all of those into betting smarter. Let's start uh, with the public consensus. What are the teams everyone's taking uh, this week in college football? Yeah, and again, 
And again, Chell said, yeah, in college football, we're going to do first in the NFL. This is what the so-called contrarian better likes to use. The contrarian better likes to say who the public is betting and then go the opposite way. And again, this is based purely on the percentage of bets where a $10 bet is counted the same as a $10,000 bet. And again, for those who ask why, because the contrarian better thinks that this small player, the jelly bag of donuts, he's the best source for contrarian information. That's why they love to know who the 10, 15, 20, $50 better is betting on. So these are the biggest public plays in terms of percentage of bets. Baylor, LSU, Oregon, and Old Dominion. And again, the contrarian theory is you would bet against those teams. All right. Uh, thoughts? Do you do that? Or what's your strategy when it comes to that? Because I know you uh, use advanced analytics when you take a lot of your bets What's your play on those? Well, if you, we, you asked me that question 10 years ago, I would say I used to weigh it very heavily. I do think the public's become a little bit sharper because of the internet, because they're buying plays from places like picks and parlays. Still, I use it as, as uh, collaborating information. So I do believe in contrarian picks, but not quite as much as I used to, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. So it's just a piece of the puzzle for you. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, it's more just backing up, cooperating a play. All right, so let's talk about the sharp money. Where is the big money? You talked about public consensus and some of the smaller bets being the same uh, as some of the bigger bets. But where's the big money? Where are the sharp plays this week? Yeah, and Chelsea, and often these overlap. Uh, Old Dominion is the big uh, money play this week. This is based on the percentage of money. And again, I know a lot of sharps are talking about this, the ultimate uh, sandwich game for Virginia. I'm not surprised they're betting on Old Dominion. I was a little surprised it was kind of, it was a public play too, but also Baylor, the Ohio State, and Old Miss. So these are, you know, the sportsbook liabilities. The sportsbooks are definitely rooting against those teams. Ohio State seems like a team that a lot of people would probably bet on. Uh, one of those teams kind of like Notre Dame, uh, how does that affect things when teams are a widely known team that has a large fan base and people like to bet on them? Yeah, there is no question there are public teams, and public teams are usually dominant teams, teams that win year in, year out. So for the most part, when you're betting against an Alabama or a Clemson or Oklahoma or Ohio State, it's usually good value betting against. It's tough to get good value betting for them because everybody likes to bet on them. But then again, if you're outside of the SEC or – you're not Clemson. When you're a national championship contender, you could probably argue these are the teams that do need the so-called style points. So I can kind of understand where Ohio State is going to blow out teams that they can blow out because they, they do want to impress the pollsters. All right. So let's talk about NFL plays. Let's talk about betting smarter when it comes to the NFL. Let's first talk about the public consensus. What are the teams that everybody's on this week in the NFL? Okay, yeah, I don't know if we're short on time, but you still want to talk about the sharp versus square moves in, in the college football, or are we just, we're just running behind time? We've got so, a minute uh, 30 left. Okay, all right. Uh, biggest consensus moves in the NFL, the public, L.A. Rams, New England, Dallas, and Seattle. So two of those are big, big numbers. Yeah, they love betting road favorites, and they love betting against terrible teams. right. I can see that, but I think it's the first week in a long time, I think 32 years, that two teams have been favored by at yeah. least 20 points. Yes, that, that, that is 100% correct. It's very rare. I remember when the uh, – way back to Peyton Manning, where they were like favored over uh, 
I can't even remember who it was, but the Jets and the Jets wound up covering that game. And that was a huge point spread at the time. It was only like 16. Um, all right. So let's move on to where's the big money this week. In yeah, the, the NFL. big money. Yep, the big money, and again, some overlapping, even the, the sharp players, even the big money players like to bet those road favorites, Dallas, the L.A. Rams, and Houston. So of those, which do you think are, are worthy of those plays? Um, it's a little bit tough. Like, like I said, I, I think it's gotten to the point where there is such a gap between the, the bad teams and the good teams in New England, you can see where they look. They, they, I watched a game against Miami. They had Tom Brady in there late. So New England has no compunction about running up the score against terrible teams. So I would say maybe New England to win by 30 again. All right. So let's talk about uh, sharp versus square plays this week. Yeah, this, this would be the Sharps are going with Washington. Uh, Baltimore, that's a surprise. Going against Kansas City, that really surprised me. Uh, New Orleans, they're going to bet on the Saints without Drew Brees, but I do think that Bridgewater's a heck of a backup quarterback, and Denver. So this this week surprises me more than most. And let's talk about line movement. Some of these lines have moved considerably, including those ones that had the big lines with the Patriots and the Cowboys. Uh, I know the Cowboys line has moved considerably. Uh, I guess some of the sports books are trying to get betters to take, um, you know, not the Cowboys. Uh, what yeah, are some of the biggest line movements you've seen, and what do you make of them? Okay, well, Chelsea, just to give you an idea, or just to, for clarification, these are the line moves based on the lines that were posted at the beginning of the year, the so-called games of the year, and it's good for uh, perception. All right, I know here the music. New England went from minus 10 to minus 22. Dallas, as you said, minus 15 to minus 22.5. Arizona was a 3.5-point underdog now laying 2.5. All right, uh, we do have a little bit of time left. I know we stepped on your toes a little bit when it came to college football. Uh, what are some of the biggest line movements in sharp versus square plays in college football? Yeah, as far as the uh, the sharp versus square plays, Ohio, not Ohio State, but Ohio. Air Force, which of course is a Friday night game, uh, Ole Miss and Indiana. Mm, what do you make of those? Um, I do lean towards uh, Air Force. I don't know if that's going to be a, a premium pick, but I do think that it's a pretty good spot for Air Force. And, you know, as far as some of the biggest line moves, again, this goes back to the preseason odds where this is very valuable because the public often tends to overreact to short-term results. So that's why I do like this cheat sheet. Wisconsin in the preseason was laying five and a half. They're now a three and a half point uh, Favorite. I'm sorry, they were five-and-a-half-point underdog. They're now three-and-a-half-point favorite to uh, Michigan. Central Florida opened up at minus two. They're now minus 11-and-a-half. Oregon, minus one-and-a-half to minus 10-and-a-half. And probably the biggest surprise, Florida State, as awful as they've been, they were a pick in the offseason, the real opening lines, and now they're laying six-and-a-half. But this is a chance for Florida State to take out some frustrations, and they certainly have some frustrations. Well, Florida State has a lot of talent. The issue seems to be almost the coaching. Willie Taggart, we saw him fumble away uh, that Boise State game, and they said they weren't properly hydrated. Yeah. I mean, they're the home team there, so I'm not sure what's going on with Florida State. No, they, they were the home team. And last week, I don't have the ACC network. It's not on my cable system, so I was upset. So I didn't get to watch it last week. But, yeah, I knew their time management at the end of the game. The game ended on like the three-and-a-half-yard line, which affected both the side and the total last week. So, 
Yeah, Taggart's definitely, to say the least, on the hot seat. He's got to turn the season around beyond fast, and he has a chance to make a big statement on uh, Saturday. And apparently, you know, the odds makers say that he is going to make that statement. And again, you kind of like that when a favorite has all the motivation in the world to run up the score. All right. Good stuff, as usual, from Joe Duffy on our advanced analytics. Is that the term you use? I keep forgetting it. <laughs> yes, it, it, advanced analytics. Double, double A, uh, think of that. Although that's something, yeah, maybe that's not the best uh, acronym. But, uh, yeah, I'm a double A handicapper, I guess. All right. We are back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Talking baseball. Stick with us after the break. We'll see you then. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we've got Chip Terimis joining us in the studio today. Yeah, yeah we're back. We've got more baseball on hand. And, uh, yeah, and Chip had a good day. What was it, Tuesday? Tuesday we were here, and we had talked about how I usually don't use totals. Right. And, and we went 3-0 and playing three unders, and even the side we gave, which – we had to lay runs, which we don't do. That one as well. So uh, it was a nice day, Tuesday on the air. Yeah, some nice momentum heading into today's baseball talk. So we'll stay. We'll see if we can stay on fire. On fuego. Let's start <laughs> uh, with the Angels and the Yankees. Andrew Heaney uh, of the L.A. Angels of Anaheim, or however yes. many words you want to put in their, <laughs> their name. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of problems with L.A. teams. Sometimes they're the L.A. Chargers. Sometimes they're the, I know. It's hard know, for us to keep track this. sometimes. But these L.A. Angels have been uh, miserable all year. Well, maybe, you know, five, six, eight games under 500. Yeah. But when you have a Mike Trout on your squad and you have Otani and a few other the, the big-name players they had, you expect a little bit more than we got out of them. Right. For the talent they have on that squad, it just seems like they have so many injuries and so many just, like, freak accidents. Obviously, the Tyler Skaggs thing. Uh, so wow. they have a lot of talent on their team. It's just for some reason or another, it just doesn't seem to add up for them. But let's get back to today's game. Uh, the Yankees are favored minus 285. That's really incredible because it, they had Masha Rito, Takanaka Mas, on Mas, the moment. Masahiro, Masahiro. Tanaka. Masahiro. Tanaka on the <laughs> He's 10-8 and eight on the year, 4.60 ERA. And he may end up actually being the Yankees' ace going into the playoffs. Right. You know, one thing about the Yankees, why they're 285, almost 3-1 to one in this contest, Chelsea, they did lose to the Angels yesterday, and they haven't lost a home series since April. They're 18-0-3, so they're expecting the Yankees to come back strong here. 40 Nine and 16 at home, Chelsea. Right, That's they're a, a really good road team, and, or a home team, excuse absolutely. me. Absolutely, and Andrew Haney has an ERA um, in his last three starts of 8.79. You know, in the last 12 meetings, um, the Angels have won only three times, and they're 16 and 35 at New York. But I think the way to go here, because I don't like laying that price, we had discussed this right. previously, is to play the over with those Yankee bats and with Tanaka having such a um, heavy ERA, I think this game goes over the total easily. The Yankees were sort of shut down last night. They didn't score that many runs. I expect them to have a good night tonight. It doesn't happen twice in a row for the Yankees. They were shut out once this season, and that broke about a 240-game streak without being shut out. So They do have a I'm, good lineup. I'm, <laughs> they got a power pack lineup, and Stanton is back, and he's Stanton's first at-bat yesterday. They said he had a booming double instead of scorcher. So Booming. We'll, yeah, booming <laughs> double. So we'll see what happens. He's not going to get a triple because he's not going to run that hard. We're aware of that. Right. That's, today's, that's today's game. Right. Uh, so you're taking the under in the Angels-Yankees game. No, no, I'm going over. Without over. Over with the Yankees oh, okay. power. Making and, sure. And what we're going to do here, I'd even expect the Angels to score a few runs off of Tanaka. 
All right, so let's move on to the Cardinals and the Cubs. This is actually a nice little matchup uh, for a September game. Two, game, two teams that are uh, tops in the division, the Cubs, three games back from the Cardinals right. uh, in that division, and they're tied for the second wild card with the Brewers, who've been on, hot, on, on fire lately. Uh, the Cubs, just a few notes on them. They're always good at home, and Kyle Hendricks on the mound today, 11-9, 3-2-6. 3-0 with a .39 ERA in three starts against the Cardinals. Yeah, he's actually been actually um, great against the Cardinals. And Hendricks, you know, we discussed how we think he's such a good pitcher. You know, right, he, He's the not professor. a hard thrower. He knows how to get people out. He's 11-9. His ERA 3.26 is excellent considering the number of people that get on base for him. But that 3-0 at a 0.39 right. ERA tells you something against St. Louis. The problem here with I see this game... Why did St. Louis come up favorite at Chicago? Chelsea mentioned that the incredible home record that the, the Cubs have, mm -hmm. an incredible record they have against St. Louis at home. They've won 27 of the last 39 against the Cardinals when they're right. hosting it. So, Chelsea, I'm trying to figure out why they made the Cardinals the favorite in this game, and I think I found it. Jack Flattery? Flaherty. Flaherty. <laughs> He's 10-8 and eight as well with a 3.05 ERA, but Chelsea, he has been on fire in the second half of the season. Last three starts, 22 innings. He's only given up 11 hits. Now, St. Louis has only won five of the last 26 at Chicago, and they're favored here. Right. I think there's something enticing about this line, which is not good to most players. Most people, players will look to play Chicago as a home dog with their incredible home record. I think it's a trap. I think St. Louis is the play tonight. I posted it on Picks and Parlays, and you can get it when you're buying my NFL winner online. Right, and the Cardinals, uh, Jack Flaherty is a strikeout artist. He has 206 strikeouts this season, so he strikes out a lot of guys. And something of note for the Cubs, Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez, both out of the lineup, and those are big pieces of yeah, the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs... Um, they're in a tough spot here. They're tied with the hottest team in baseball right now, which is the Milwaukee Brewers, right? right? We've mm -hmm. discussed that. They've only lost once since Yelich has gone down. And yet you have um, Washington in the wings as well. And the biggest problem for the Cubs is they have to play St. Louis seven of the final ten games. I saw that. And that's that is a tough. Big, that's the biggest rivalry in the Midwest, and these two teams always give it their best against each other. And I'm sure the Cardinals will love nothing better than to just knock the Cubs out so they don't have to come back and beat them again later. <laughs> so I think St. Louis is the side here. I know. That's tough for, for Cubs fans and the Cubs in general because the Cardinals are not a team you want to play down the stretch when you have meaningful baseball because you, you hope that schedule is easier teams down the stretch so you can really uh, clinch a, a wild card or a division championship. Well, you know, Chelsea, this, the Chicago Cubs teams have no one to blame but themselves. They gave away right. more games on the road. They had three-run leads, four-run right. leads in the eighth and ninth innings and didn't close the deal. And I, for a contender, I think they have the worst road record of any team I've ever seen that's made – in contention for the playoffs, comparatively, of course, to their home record. Right. All right, so let's move on to this Thursday night football game because it is Thursday, and we want to talk a little football. Titans at Jags. The Titans are favored uh, by two in this one, and Gardner Minshew, <coughs> excuse me, is getting the start for the Jags. Marcus Mariota, of course, still the starter in, t uh, in Tennessee, but their run game and their defense has been the keys for the Titans, and I think it's the key tonight. I agree with you, Chelsea. I think the fact that Mariota's only thrown for 402 yards in two games, that's just about right. 200 a game, and you have a rookie quarterback who likes to throw the ball, but they haven't tested him downfield as much, 
He's usually been he's been using stuff to swing to the backs and short passes. But this Gardner Minshew, I think, is is the real deal. I really do, and I, I like him um, in action. I like to note that I have a side on this game, and it's posted on picks and parlays right now, and you can log on and, and get this big winner. But I am currently three and one in standalone games this season. These are games on Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night. They stand by themselves, and 31 and 14 documented with picks and parlays the last 45 releases. This game, I think, is destined to stay under the total, Chelsea. You said a defense and running game for the Titans. Right. That's going to look to control the ball, and I don't think Jacksonville is going to want to do, play too risky of a game offensively with Minshew in there. So I think this game really plays to the under, and um, I think it's a battle of the end-up coaches, and we'll see what happens. Right. As I mentioned in the, the opening segment, Derrick Henry has been a huge factor for the Titans when it comes to the Jags. The last time they played, he scored four touchdowns, ran for over 200 yards, including a 99-yard touchdown run. So I think he might have the Jags number, and I think you know, that's got to be in their minds. And it used to be the Jags were built on defense. <laughs> right. And well, and they still are, but it's just not. They're having an awful lot of problems defensively right now, particularly with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey and, uh, you know, how hard is he going to play Thursday night? I guess That's we're going to have to tune in to see because he wants out. He either is going to play really hard or he's going to be totally out of it. Because he, well, I mean, he's playing for a new job, he, I suppose. He wants somebody to pick him up. I agree with you. He should be playing his best. There's no question about that. And if the moment you pull up in football, you're going to come up lame and you're going to get hurt. You have to give it everything right. you have. Um, you can't go half at the... I don't want to use any bad words. I know. Words, but you have to give it everything you have. Let's put it this way. Right. And I will say that Jalen Ramsey is from Nashville. So the Titans, he probably has a lot of people coming to this game. Uh, and the Titans, you know, he probably wants to do well against them. I would imagine. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Raiders and the Vikings. The Vikings are favored minus nine in this one. And the Vikings were one of those teams heading into the season where a lot of people liked them and a lot of people were really high up on them. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been really good as a running back for them. He's been excellent. Uh, but... I mean, nine's a lot of points. Where do their problems, where do their problems stem from with the Vikings? The it's Vikings? Gotta, it's got to be the quarterbacking position, and he's been very inconsistent. And um, Minnesota has played so well at home, Chelsea. They're 37 and 16 in the last 53 games against the points. They're 5 and 1 after an ATS loss. So let's go see what the Raiders are doing here. Getting nine points, that's awful generous. Right. And, and why would they be getting such a large number? Because they've only covered one of their last seven road games, and this is under Gruden. But in the last six meetings between these two teams, the underdog has won five of the six meetings. And the way to go here, I think, with um, Oakland still filling out their oats, I mean, the loss of Antonio Brown offensively has got to still um, stick in their craw. And they're 9-3-1 and one to, on the road under Gruden to the under. 9-3-1 mm -hmm. Oakland. And in September, Minnesota has gone 13-6 and six to the under. And listen to this, Chelsea. In their last 21 games, the Minnesota Vikings have been 15-5-1 to the under. I don't know if it's analytics, it's trends, <laughs> or what it is, but this, this tells me here that the way to go between the Vikings and, and the Raiders is to play this game under the total. I won't worry about the nine points being favored here because they're contradictory. Contradictory. There you go. Trends right here between <laughs> Oakland and Minnesota as far as wins, losses on the road and against the points. Well, and also Raiders running back Josh Jacobs uh, said he is, quote, sick AF and that he's lost 10 pounds. Really? So, I mean, you know, he hits a big factor. I just saw that uh, before the show. So he might not even play. And he, he's been their, their star running back, 184 yards, two touchdowns so far this season. 
And the problem with the Raiders the last two seasons is a lack of a running game. And finally, you're going to get somebody to take some pressure off a car. I hate to see him come up injured because he looks like a, um, a ball of lightning out there. He looks like a, a breakaway type of back that can really help an offense at any time. And there are very few of them like that. He's, I'm really surprised at how effective he's been. And I think the Raiders did a, a great thing by taking him as a draft choice up on top. Right. I think uh, I know some people that had him in fantasy, and he's been a good performer because he's not a, a huge name. Can he physically take it through the season? I know, especially if he's sick. Yeah. All right. We're back after the break with more Picks and Parlays Radio, talking college football. Back after the break. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube on this Thursday afternoon. We're going to be doing college football rapid fire picks. We've got Craig Trapp and Tony T joining us. Hello, fellas. Like I always say, I'm going to skip the pleasantries and get right to it because we've got a lot of football to talk about. Let's start off with Southern Miss at Alabama where the number two Crimson Tide is favored by 39 points. Yes, Alabama is good, but is that too big of a number? Tony T, what do you think? Yes, hello Chelsea. We have a total here of 61 in this game. And uh, you know, this game could land 54-17, 51-17. And if you had Southern Miss and plus 39, you get the money. And uh, that's where I'm going on this one. I'm taking Southern Miss plus 39. Uh, They are a pretty good offensive team. They've been able to move the football. Their quarterback, Jack Abraham, is completing 74% of their passes. Overall, they're throwing for 347 yards a game. You know, we did see Alabama have issues there against that uh, freshman quarterback last week. They did not cover against uh, South Carolina. But, uh, you know, we just get to 17 in this game, and I believe we get the cover in this one. I'm going to take the points with Southern Miss. All right, Craig, what do you think? Didn't Brett Favre go to Southern Miss? He did. Yeah, I think this one, if, if Brett Favre was playing, they <laughs> might have fact. a chance. But... <laughs> Brett Favre isn't playing on this Southern Miss team. I don't think they even come close to this one, but I do think I have to stay away from the points with it being so many. I think the total is a nice play here. Like uh, Tony said, Southern Miss offense has put up some points this year. Uh, Against Mississippi State, they did struggle uh, on the road, only scored 15. But I think if they get 15 in this one, that will push this over. I think Alabama gets 50 in this one. I like the over 61 and a half. I think it's a pretty strong play this week. All right, yeah, Alabama burned me last week. They didn't cover, and that made me mad. (laughs) They haven't been covering in the first half either, which is maddening. All right, let's move on to uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. It's a top 25 matchup here. Number 11, Michigan. Number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored minus 3.5, and and the total sits at 44.5. Tony T., you're on. All right, we're going to look here at the favorite here, Wisconsin, minus 3.5. You know, both teams really haven't played the strongest competition uh, I think the most quality win here was Wisconsin's 49 win in the heat and humidity of South Florida, of uh, Tampa as they beat South Florida to start the season. You know, the Badgers have not allowed a point this season. But, you know, but when you were able to win like that in that heat and humidity, that tells me one thing, that Wisconsin's in really good playing shape to be able to play a full four quarters there in, in that environment. Of course, Wisconsin has covered the past five at home to Michigan. But what concerns me is Michigan's run game is only generating 3.8 yards a carry, and that's against Middle Tennessee State and Army at home this season. Of course, they need overtime to beat Army, and they've been, they've been sloppy with the football. We, we know each team's coming off the bye week, but I'm taking Wisconsin here, laying the three and a half. All right. Uh, yeah, I would say for Wisconsin, statistically, they've been the most dominant team in college football uh, just by the numbers. But Michigan, I mean, it's hard to 
I mean, college football is so unpredictable, but Michigan against a triple option uh, run offense against Army, not very good. And Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor, who, oh, by the way, is one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, Craig, how are you feeling on this one? Well, we talked about how bad Jim Harbaugh's been in big games. I think, uh, I think it's another struggle for him in this one. Uh, the home team has won in this series uh, the last three years. I think it's another home win by Wisconsin. Wisconsin's actually covered in two of the last three. I think Wisconsin covers this one. I wish we were catching it at the three instead of now. We get the, you got to lay the hook as well. But I'll do that as well. I think uh, Wisconsin wins easy. And I think Jim Harbaugh era is on um, alert that he might uh, get fired here, maybe even midseason. Who knows? I know. Eventually, he's got to win a big game, right? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Cal at Ole Miss, where Ole Miss is favored minus two and a half. Total sits at 41 and a half. Uh, what do you think on this one, Tony? Are you still there? <laughs> I'm still, still here. <laughs> I'm still here. And this has been the line move because uh, we, we saw Cal open as a point favorite. And we've seen line move here overnight on this one. Uh, total sits here at 41 and a half. I don't think Ole Miss is all the way back yet. I'm going to take the Golden Bears here, Cal, plus the two and a half. You know, Cal, a very good physical team. Home teams are just 16 points a contest. And look who they beat this year. They beat Washington on the road two weeks ago. And then they faced one of those under-the-radar teams in North Texas. Very good program with Mason Fine at quarterback. They held them to just 17 points. Of course, we know Ole Miss opened up with a loss at Memphis. And they beat a bad Arkansas team. Uh, I'm not going to get, you know, I, I don't. I think that's a, a big quality win there being Arkansas. But, you know, Ole Miss defense is allowing 66% completion rate. And they are utilizing a freshman at quarterback. They're inexperienced offense. I'm going to take Cal on the points here plus two and a half. All right, Craig, what do you think? Pac-12, SEC, who you got in this one? Well, I like the total in this one. What scares me, I do like Cal. I think they win. But I hate when teams go from the West Coast to the East Coast have to, or, or play at the early time slot. I always like when that's a later time slot, so that's a worry for me. So I'm staying away on the side, even though I do think Cal wins. I think the unders the play here. I think Cal's defense is really good. We saw it against Washington in a 2019 win. We saw it last week in 23-17 win against North Texas. I think this one stays way under. I think it's a 17-14 you know, type or 17-13 type game and easily cashing under at 41 and a half. All right, let's move on to Michigan State, Northwestern. This is a game where I probably like the under if it's – okay, it sits at 38 is the total. Michigan State is favored by nine. These are two teams that thrive on defense, and their offenses have not been, you know, the most prolific. Michigan State had that embarrassing loss against Arizona State where they had too many men on the field. Their game-winning field goal uh, was thrown out. They tried again and they lost. So, do you, so Tony, do you think Michigan State uh, covers in this one or do you see Northwestern or the total? Yeah, I'm going to look at the total. You're being very nice today, Chelsea, about the offenses over there. I'm going to go under the total of 38 and a half. Uh, you know what? Listen, Northwestern's offense has not been impressive. You know, they, they are using their backup quarterback. They lost their starter in that Stanford game. So they're looking to sophomore uh, quarterback Hunter Johnson in the Big Ten opener against a very good defensive team, Michigan State, who's holding teams at 216 yards a game. And I don't know how in the world they beat, they lost to Arizona State last week with that freshman quarterback. But, hey, you know what? Their offense is an issue. They, an offense has been an issue for quite some time there with uh, Michigan State. But I do believe this game uh, will, will go under a total of 38 and a half. All right, Craig, uh, I think you have a, a big play on this one. 
right? Yeah, this is my Big Ten game of the week. Uh, don't forget that you can get over at picksandparlays.net. As far as the side is concerned, that's the Big Ten game of the week. I think the total, I'm right with Tony on this one. I, Chelsea mentioned it as well. I think these two offenses are not going to be fun to watch. If you like defense, you're going to like this game because both of these have very good defenses and both of these offenses are going to struggle. So I like the under as well as a lean, but my top side play, you can get over at picksandparlays.net. Right. I don't know if I'd want to watch this one because I remember the Iowa-Iowa State game was on rain delay and I was forced to watch Michigan State uh, and Arizona State and I was just, you know, miserable. They were just at each other's goal lines, you know, not moving the ball at all. And it was not fun football to watch. But you know what? You can make some money on an under here uh, is what I'd think. Let's move on to number 15, UCF at Pitt, where UCF is favored by 11.5. Total sits at 61. Tony T, where are you leaning? Well, I'm going to have to eat some chalk and play the favorite here. Uh, UCF minus 11, 11.5. Uh, do your shopping there on the line. Uh, you know, UCF perfect 3-0. They got that nice win against uh, Stanford, the freshman quarterback been accurate uh coming off a good game against stanford 22 of 30 for 347 yards but ucf is a balanced team uh they're they're running uh, for 282 yards a game nearly six yards to carry uh craig mccray seven and a half yards per rush on the ground to lead the knights and last year 1200 yards rushing nine yards per carry i like that balance there for ucf of course uh you know, we, we're looking at Pitt one and two on the year, that 16 point loss at home to Virginia. Then they lose by seven at Penn State. I don't think this is a very good Penn State team. So uh, I look for Pittsburgh struggling with their offense here. They're out, only averaging 2.8 yards per carry on the ground. I'm going to lay the points here with UCF. All right, Craig, do you like the favorites in this one or are you taking the dog? Well, I'm going to be look for my best play on this one is going to be on the total. But I will say last year, let's remember UCF won at home 45 to 14. Very impressive win as a 13-point favorite. Uh, I think this UCF team isn't quite as good, of course, on, on offense, I don't think, but they're still super fast. I mean, Stanford had no chance in that one. I think Pitt's going to uh, struggle uh, to guard them as well in open spaces. I like the over 61 here. I think Pitt, uh, we've seen that people can score on this UCF team, so I think uh, they'll give up four touchdowns. I think this one goes way over. I could see it um, 50 to 20 type game going way over the total. Let's take the over 61 here. All right. I remember last week UCF was one of the few games that I didn't have to sweat on because uh, they covered quite <laughs> nicely against Stanford despite getting or despite being eight and a half point favorites. So that was nice. Uh, hopefully they can do it again and I won't have to sweat. Uh, let's move on to Notre Dame and Georgia. This is a big game and there's been some line movement. Uh, the other day we talked about it. Georgia was favored 14. Now it's 14 and a half. Total sits at 58. Does that change anything for you, Tony T? It's Tony Plus T the there. 14 and a half. I'm here. Oh, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> All right. I'm here. Yes, I am going. Uh, even if it was a 13, I liked them. I'm, I like them even more at plus 14 and a half. You know, we know that Notre Dame plays one of the toughest schedules in the nation, right? That might hurt them come bowl time when they have to face the elite teams or the physical wears of a season. So now they're going to face an elite team in Georgia here off, off a road game at Louisville, then a bye week. Then they face New Mexico. So Notre Dame freshened up for this. I think they'll be able to ha handle the physical toughness here against Georgia. I want the points here plus 14 and a half. All right, Craig, I know where you were leaning yesterday. Have you changed it all? You could give me 17 in this one and I still would not take Georgia. I just think I, I love Brian Kelly. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I just don't think they have the speed uh, to deal with the big time teams. Last year we saw Clemson 
hammered them 30 to 3. And when they played Alabama in the national championship game, 42 to 14, I think it's another beatdown. I think Kirby Smart puts uh, one up on the mantle here. He saves this football as this one gets ugly and ugly early and stays ugly. I think Georgia covers the 14 and a half, the 16, the 17. I don't think it matters. All right, hot take there. Even though Georgia's outscored opponents 148 to 23, and Notre Dame has the 120th best rush defense in the country, and Georgia, as I've mentioned several times, is running back you. They thrive on that run game. They have plenty of t- talented running backs, and it is in Athens, which is a tough place to play uh, for anyone because it's a nice atmosphere down there. They have a huge fan base. Let's move on to Colorado, Arizona State. Arizona State favored in this one, minus 8.5. Total sits at 49. Tony, I think you have an expert play on this one. I certainly do. This will be my top premium pick at picksandparlays.net. Visit the site and pick up my top release right now from Colorado and Arizona State. Matter of fact, my college football and NFL combined package, all-season package 709, expires this weekend. So check it out over at picksandparlays.net. All right, Craig, do you have a play on this one, Arizona State, Colorado? I really like this one. I see why Tony made it one of his top plays. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Arizona State winning at Michigan State maybe uh, gave us a little extra value here with Colorado. We saw this line open at 7 or 7.5 in advance lines. Now it's 8.5. I think Colorado can win this game. I really do. I think that's how good Colorado is. Last year, as they weren't very good, Colorado, and they still won this head-to-head matchup 28-21. I think it's going to be a tight game, well within a touchdown. I think you take Colorado and the points here at plus eight and a half. I think Colorado has a shot outright to even win this one if you want to sprinkle a little money line action here. Right. Eight and a half points is a lot in Arizona State. Like we've mentioned several times, I don't think they should have won that game against Michigan State if it wasn't for Michigan State having 12 players on the field. Uh, I know you play to win the game, uh, but... (laughs) They wouldn't have won it, and I've seen some of their players kind of running their mouths saying it was a big win and stuff, but I think Michigan State lost it. I don't think Arizona State won it, so that's my two cents on that. All right, great segment with both of you guys. Those are our college football picks, rapid fire. Uh, if you missed any of them, we'll have them up on our YouTube page as well. If you need a little recap. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with a recap of all of today's picks from today's show. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find on all of the social media platforms where we love to waste time. And it's not a waste of time if you're getting some good info on some sports bets. We're also here Every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, as I failed to mention at the start of the segment. But, yeah, that's me. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, let's go over a recap of all of our picks from the day in case you weren't listening or if you just want a recap. Here we go. Uh, starting with Chip Cherimbus, his baseball picks, Angle, Angels, excuse me, <laughs> Yankees, uh, taking the over in this one to hit nine. Cardinals-Cubs taking the Cardinals minus 115. And then... An NFL pick, Raiders at Vikings, taking the under to hit 43. A quick note, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs has lost 10 pounds this week because he's, quote, sick AF, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. So consider that wisely. Craig Trapp gave us some college football picks. Michigan at Wisconsin, taking Wisconsin this one, minus 3.5. Cal at Ole Miss, taking the under at 41.5. Notre Dame at Georgia, taking the dogs. 
or the Georgia Bulldogs is what I mean, not the underdogs, uh, minus 14 and a half. Tony T also gave us some college football picks, Cal at Ole Miss. He's taken Cal on this one, uh, plus two and a half. Michigan State Northwestern taking the under, 38 and a half on that one. UCF at Pitt taking UCF, minus 11. And if you want to visit picksandparlays.net, you can find Tony's premium pick on Colorado at Arizona State. So those are rapid-fire college football picks. And, of course, happy watching tonight, Thursday night football, Titans-Jags, and also Houston-Tulane for some Thursday night college football. Uh, until tomorrow, we'll see you on Picks and Parlays Radio, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. See you guys tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.